This season, we have been talking about supporting women in leadership. We've been talking about the barriers they face as they strive for leadership, the harassment that they face throughout their careers. This is Talk It Forward, brought to you by the Vancouver Board of Parks and Recreation with support from the City of Vancouver. And I'm your host, Carla Grimmin. On today's show, we're bringing men into the conversation because we need their support to promote equity in the workplace. We'll be talking about why they feel it's important to remove gender barriers. We'll be talking about how they have and have not seen gender equity evolve throughout their careers and how they hope to inspire women to consider trades like urban forestry. We'll also be talking about the difficulties of solving disputes and conflict in the workplace. Amit Ganda is the Director of Operations at the Vancouver Park Board. He started his career in 1994 as a temporary employee. He saw a job posting that said tree climber and was intrigued. He started watering and planting trees and progressed throughout the organization by occupying nearly every position in urban forestry. And when he started, he felt it was macho work and only one woman was on the urban forestry team. Joe McLeod is a certified arborist and landscape architect, and he is the supervisor of our urban forestry team here at the Vancouver Park Board. Joe grew up in Ontario and developed a love for the forest and trees during his family's annual maple syrup making exploits. He continued his love for trees by obtaining a degree in forestry at UBC and then furthered his education by studying landscape architecture. And thank you, everyone, and welcome back to Talk It Forward, where um, I'm really excited to have two guests on our show. Quite unique. We have been talking about women in leadership and the barriers that they face in the workplace and obtaining leadership positions. And I know I said sort of at the beginning of the show or in the trailer that we need the support of men in order to achieve these goals that we are trying to really reach. And happy to invite Amit Ganda and Joe McLeod from Park Board Operations on the show today. So thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. First, I just, I really want to say thank you, Amit. Um, This show would not have come to fruition had it not been for you. I remember probably about, was it two years, a year and a half ago, I came to you with this crazy idea and... I remember you talking about your daughter and you said that, you know, my daughter, she's super creative. She makes amazing things with Lego. And, you know, one day she could be like an engineer or an architect or something like that. And I don't want her to have to go through some of the stuff that women have to go through to do the job that they want. And I'm wondering, what is that? What is it that you see? that women have to go through to obtain leadership or to work in a male-dominated workplace? Well, it's, you almost have to prove yourself more so. And I feel like that's never a good place to start from. You're always behind, you have to do so much more, and it's almost expected to do that much more to move up. Um, Now that's in general, that's a general feeling you know, that can be um, lost. And, and to be honest, that could be very crippling to somebody who's actually going to pursue something like that. Uh, we as parents, you know, obviously I want my children to be successful. 
but as parents and and as what we experience and what we see we sometimes will start to mentor and and give some direction to our children and sometimes we do it in a way to protect them so you know a good way to protect them is by working on or eliminating some of these things that are in their ways so what can we control before they actually pursue whatever career or whatever adventure they want to take so when you first brought this forward i was like this is exactly what the heck we should be talking about is like how do we remove these barriers for people who do want to succeed and not have to worry about thinking through what am i going to have to go through to actually get to where i want to be so what can we do and that's part of this i mean part of this podcast the stuff that you're working on is really about eliminating some of that so that i'm not trying to protect my child from trying to pursue something that i already know is going to be daunting so this is part of it. This is part of removing some of those barriers. So those barriers are kind of gone by the time they're in college or thinking about whatever they want to do in life. Thank you for that. And yeah, again, just thank you for <laughs> allowing us to to do this podcast. Um, is there anything else that you think is a barrier or perhaps something that in your career development here at the Park Board and at the City of Vancouver that you have seen that are barriers or even harassment? in the workplace that you've seen? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm East Indian. Uh, I'm a colored minority. I've been working here now since 1994. I would say I've been quite privileged and quite fortunate in what I've gone through to get to where I am. But what I've seen also at the same place is, you know, I, I started in urban forestry. Urban forestry is predominantly male-oriented. When I started here, there was one female that worked in urban forestry. And when I was young, you know, when I started here, I was about 22 years old. And, and it was just kind of getting on very young, probably naive, just things are happening, things are flowing. But, you know, looking back and even being in the moment at some times when you have one female who's pretty much in a, in a male dominated industry. And at the time, I think we had about 54, 55 staff. I couldn't really help but think, how would that person feel trying to, you know, bring things forward, bring forward change? or even have an opinion, like how confident would somebody feel trying to make a statement or saying, hey, maybe we should be looking at things differently. I always had that feeling that, you know, people just, they kept quiet. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, that was 25 years ago. Things have progressed. How have they progressed? And I still feel that we have a long way to go. But in that time, what have you seen that has changed that has helped things progress? I think there's been more discussions there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of, here's what we should be doing. And I believe we're at a place of now, it's really about actions is is what's needed. I believe it's also of opportunities that come. I know we've got lots of people that have been quite successful working at the organization. We've got some great leaders. Donnie is my GM. You know, We've got people like Karen Levitt, which is great to see because uh, it, it can definitely prove that there's opportunities and there's chances of growth and career. But what I think we need to do is not only now talk about this, but I think what we need to do is action the supports, the tools to actually make sure that this is progressing, that we are supportive. Like it should almost be automatic. I feel like we're doing this podcast about 30 years late. Probably should have been doing this 30 plus years ago. Um, Pod- podcast didn't exist then, but I hear what you're <laughs> that's, saying. <laughs> that's true. But the conversation right? But the conversation is 30 years plus old. And right now, as we talk, it still feels like a conversation. So what is the next part of this? And I'm really hopeful, uh, Carla, like this is, you know, the start of 
more of actions, the more of supports, the more of, you know, like, let's get this moving that we're not having this conversation about like, what did you have to go over? You know, what obstacles were in your way? Let's get to the place of like, what made it successful? Like that would be kind of where we need to move to. And, you know, we can do a lot of things. This isn't complicated to me. It's a very, it's not, there's nothing really complicated about this. You know, it's just a matter of making it happen. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to to the action happening. <laughs> Definitely. Joe, are you still with us? I'm with you. Absolutely. So, Joe, you are now the supervisor of urban forestry. And Amit mentioned that, you know, 25 years ago, there was one woman in urban forestry at the time. I'm wondering how many women are currently working in urban forestry? That's a really good question. Uh, I'd like to say we've come a longer way, but um, we, you know, in total, we have five women working in urban forestry and that's uh in a staff group that's now composed of just over 70 staff so um still a long way to go it's okay it's it's an improvement and we're here today to chat about that and how can we improve that so something that i always notice though when i'm in the office and i walk by your office door front and center there is a certificate and this certificate is for a course called Be More Than a Bystander. And, you know, you don't have your <laughs> certificate from UBC or for your Arborist certificate. Um, I was wondering, why do you have that certificate front and center? And what is that course about? The course is basically, um, I guess, BC Center for Women in the Trades partnered also with the BC Lions and, uh, and I think the I'm not sure if the, the name of the organization exactly, but I think it's BC, like Ending Violence Group or Ending Violence Association. And um, it's a three-day course that's really focused on uncovering and revealing some of the the biases that exist out there within the world, I would say, and especially within the trades. Uh, I was shocked to learn that only approximately 4% of employees in the trades are women in BC, and that's across all trades. And uh, at the time, urban forestry was exactly right in step with that at 4%. So, yeah, I mean, I think the title Be More Than a Bystander is really focused on um you know, ensuring that people feel empowered to speak up when they do witness, whether they be micro or macro aggressions, um, you know, even if they're not uh, in the presence of a woman in the workplace, just, you know, alerting <laughs> people in the workplace saying like, hey, that's not cool or that's not acceptable, stepping up. And um, I think it's very easy to to hide from this, but I think it's, I, I guess I put that there to remind everybody that we all have an obligation here to step up. And like Amit, I also have a daughter, a son as well, but, you know, seeing her growing up in this world is, uh, it's especially salient to, <laughs> to me and uh, it's close to home. What did you learn at the course or did anything stand out for you when you took the course? I think what stood out is at one point, there was a, an opportunity for everybody to share kind of a story or a personal story in which they were uh, witness to or a player in um, something that, that really woke them up to the challenges that women face, um, you know, not just in the workplace, but in the world in general. And hearing those stories that everybody had, I mean, it was, it was pretty, um, 
pretty emotional, I think, for everybody to hear those stories and also to share them. And, you know, it was all men in that program. And without fail, every man in that group, I think there was about 15 or 16 men all had a story without fail that was emotionally jarring to hear like what they had witnessed or what they'd experienced or in some cases what some individuals had been perpetrators of and uh had since you know obviously come to terms with that so it was that was i think the most compelling part of it and uh everybody's commitment to you know trying to move things forward in a in a more positive direction it's good i i think that you know it's obviously going to take a lot of time for us to make these changes but if we had a magic wand and could change something automatically next week, what would that change be? It's not just something where the city of Vancouver, in this case, as the employer, can make the change, right? It's systemic. Like we all have a role to play, but um, one of the key players here also are we have two distinct unions that you know represent employees that work at the city. And so those unions need to be in step with where we're going and represent the employees in a positive direction, right? And, and I, I think that's really challenging. And I, I don't pretend to know the answer, but I, that's where I think we all have a role to play, and but we, we all need to be on the same page. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, that is difficult for listeners that work in an environment that is not unionized, uh, just a bit of education, the union does have to represent both sides of the workers. There's two sides to the story. And whether they agree or disagree, they are obligated to represent each employee. So it's tough. It's tough. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, I think I speak for, for us all when I say I want the best for, for everybody. I want everybody to be the best version of themselves and to self-actualize and, and realize their dreams. And yeah, I, I don't want barriers, you know, holding people back. So that, that's, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's why we're here today is so that both of your daughters don't have these barriers. I mean, one thing that I'm experiencing with my daughter is she's, she started playing hockey this year. And I, for me, that was important because when I grew up in Ontario, none of the girls played hockey and girls were relegated to playing ringette. And it was, I think it was really um, disempowering because my interpretation of, of ringette was that the boys would use hockey sticks when their hockey sticks broke they would give them to their sisters and then the sisters would be left with a stick to play ringette with. So none of the, none of the girls had ringette sticks. They had broken hockey sticks and I, I didn't, my sisters were older and they weren't involved in ringette or hockey, but you know, friends that I had with sisters that played ringette, I was I always shook my head and been like, why don't they just play hockey? But they're stuck with these broken sticks. And I, I think that's a, maybe a, a bit of a parallel to, other, you know, circumstances in the world today. And we still have a long way to go. That is a really good parallel, actually. Does she root for the Habs? <laughs> no, she roots for the Avalanche. But, uh, and, she, and she does not have a ringette stick. She's, it's very clear that you have a hockey stick, just like your brother. 
(laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm sure that Donnie Rosa, who used to be a professional hockey player in her time, would be glad to hear that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask um, you guys, was there any time in your career where you saw harassment occurring and you didn't do anything about it? And if you could go back in time and change that, implement some action, what would you have done? Well, I can I could probably think back maybe several occasions when I first started here, and this would have been back in the mid-90s, and it was even sometimes just simple as tone that you would hear as a response back. Um, you wouldn't think much of it at the moment or, you know, but in hindsight, you go that it had every element of what we're talking about today uh, hidden in just the tone. And it was almost done in a way that it was, you know, it was done, it was derogatory, it was negative, it was almost punitive, but it was at the cost to get a laugh in the male-dominated kind of workplace sometimes. And so when you're first new, perhaps you're you're at a place of, well, what did I just hear? Wasn't that just wrong? And why is nobody saying anything? And so, you know, if if you're new and you may you may hear something like that and you're just uncertain, you're kind of stuck, you're almost paralyzed to say something because either you're afraid that if you say something, it's going to be held against you, you're going to fall out of favor or any other concerns, whatever you think may be the, you know, the fact that you're not saying anything. It's a, a very weak default place to go, but it's an easy one. And I think a lot of people go there on a very regular basis because you're not sure what to say. And as, as we, you know, we, we morph and as, as we grow as individuals, it's okay not to know what to say, but the fact that you should say something is more important than not knowing what to say. And trying to interject and saying, wait a minute, that just didn't sound right. Or what did you just say? Or what the heck was that? And then have a conversation because you don't even know where you're going with it. But the point is like, you have to support each other. So, you know, going back to your question, have you ever heard anything like that? Or have you witnessed anything? You know, I would say, yeah, I, 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 I'm positive I did. Like, I know I did. And so what could have I done better? Um, and in the moment, you know, I was, I was one of probably many that were paralyzed to, to say anything or afraid to say anything or didn't know what to say. And so, you know, I mean, those are things that, you know, when you come on as a new employee, we probably don't discuss those kind of things, or we didn't anyways, back in the back in the 90s, or when I started, but those are the types of discussions we should be having. I know we talk about policies, we talk about respect in the workplace kind of stuff. Those are great. Those are great tools. So when something goes wrong, and you need to use something to to have a conversation. But giving the tools to people to say, hey, this is the kind of stuff we expect. We want things brought forward. If you hear anything or you see anything, we need to address those. This is not some stuff that we should be just parking because you got to support each other here in the workplace. And so maybe those are the kind of things that we need to move forward because back then, I mean, it happened and it's unfortunate, but nothing was done. And to be honest, that person who's not here today because they've retired didn't hear any of that then. They didn't get any support and they left this workplace having that still as part of them leaving this workplace, which is not a good feeling. It can't be a good feeling. And I I would feel like crap if I was retiring, knowing that really my time here wasn't enjoyable. Yeah, that's that's hard to go, I think, your whole career like that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to walk those shoes, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll jump in. I I guess I, I I can't think of a particular instance in which, you know, something's been said where I didn't, you know, step up or, or say something, but, um, 
I guess what one perception though is that I just look at how many workplaces I've worked in prior to the city of Vancouver and, and also at the city of Vancouver is like, there's so much, and this is just a societal observation. There's obviously so much emphasis on physical appearance that society puts on women. And when that transfers over into the workplace, that's, that's really unfortunate because it, it adds this whole other set of criteria and set of, you know, checks and balances and, and, and kind of power struggles and, and power dynamics into the workplace that, um, I, yeah, I, I certainly don't envy all the, the BS that, that women have to go through in the workplace. And, and to the point that Emmett made earlier about women having to work harder, like, you know, I, I think about when I was ver- working very early on as a landscape architect and it was all deadline driven work and it was non-unionized. So, you, you know, you, you may have to work till midnight on a deadline. Well, it almost seemed that women would voluntarily work until midnight in the hopes of getting a promotion or getting advancement or falling in the right light with their bosses. And I can think of, you know, working in, in the city of Toronto uh, for a, for a planning and, and landscape architecture firm and where you'd leave, you know, eight o'clock at night after you work on a deadline and without fail, like the majority of the people that were there later were, were women. And, um, and that comes with a consequence. Well, yeah, often health consequences, right? Yeah. And I think that's not healthy for anyone, right? No, no, it's not. So um, yesterday I sent an email out to the woman uh, in Park Board Operations that are on the leadership team. And they asked me to ask you a couple of questions, very simple ones. Um, so they would like to know, how is the Park Board supporting more equity and inclusion for women within the workforce, Park Board specifically? I mean, we have a recruitment process. So you, you go through that, you go through the, the process of itself. But I, I think I was speaking with um, recruitment probably a few months ago because we have to obviously work within our collective agreements when we put postings out. Um, so we do that just like anything else, you put it out. And the challenge right now is, I don't know, maybe it's just a timing, but right now getting just applications is difficult. We're just not getting even many people applying for work. But within that lens of you know trying to make it more equitable, I would say park board in general and park operations, when we look at our trades in it, it's it's most it's primarily driven by like we have our gardeners trades. And I think in some certain segments, the park board has done quite well. I think the uh, equity ratio, for example, with our horticulture is it's quite mixed. I, I would say it's almost a 45-55 split, which is pretty good when we talk about ratios for for trades. Uh but when I go back to a place like urban forestry, which is, you know, uh, I think Joe had mentioned there's five, five females in comparison or in a ratio of 70, 70 plus staff. How do we improve those numbers? Like, how do we get more women in the workplace? And and so part of my conversation at the time with with recruitment was, well, part of it is we're not getting women into this trade, even just to go in for training, because there's a block there. There's a block for some reason. And what is that block? Is it because nobody wants to get into this trade because of historical kind of past practices, not just here at the city, but across the province, across, you know, of the country itself. What could we be doing better to promote opportunities and jobs? Because it is a good paying job. It's, I would say it's a very enjoyable job. It's a great job. You're working outside, you're working with nature, you're working with trees. There's a lot of positive conversations going on out there about trees and we talk about climate change, we talk about sustainability. Yet we can't attract women into this trade. 
what is stopping that? The conversation was all like, you know, can we have people going to schools? Can we get these conversations going? I remember when I was young, we used to have trades come to schools and talk about the different things. So maybe the lens needs to change. Maybe the approach needs to change because I guarantee you right now, over the next three, five years, are we going to get more females applying for urban forestry jobs or trades that really don't high percentages? I don't know, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen right now organically unless we actually put some effort into it. I agree. I agree. So hopefully some young women are listening to this and going into urban forestry has piqued their interest and they look into it further. And, you know, it might take many years, but maybe we will get some more of them applying. So you just never know. (laughs) Before we wrap up, though, is there anything else that you wanted to communicate out about you know, supporting women in the workplace and women striving for leadership positions. Any last thoughts? Yeah, as a parting word, I would just say, stay strong and don't give up. And also don't be afraid in this day and age to like, don't just suck it up, you know, so to speak, like speak up. And because I don't know, speaking for myself, like I definitely want to hear about challenges and issues that women are facing in our workplace because we don't know necessarily what all these barriers are or what all these challenges are unless we're made aware of them and um so yeah speak up and we we're definitely want to support and, and expand opportunities for women and really balance the um the representation within our work group because it makes the the group as a whole much stronger right I mean, this part of what we're doing today, just the conversation, that's great. But this is just, like I said earlier, this is a conversation. What I would like to see, though, next is outcomes, things that we will action. So when we want to grow this, we want more equity. We need to start thinking about everything that goes along with that to make it successful. We have work yards that need to be updated to have equity kind of related spaces. Our places should be set up running, ready to go. When women are coming to the workplace, we shouldn't be seeing a washroom that's got one stall for, or one one space for a woman and 90 for men. It just, we need to start thinking about like those kind of things. I know, I know we are because we're talking about those kind of strategies. So that's great. Those conversations are also happening. Um, then when we start bringing people in, you know, when we have more women coming to the workplace, it's also, again, going back to bringing our staff along in this. They're part of this as well. So, you know, we talk about men are part of the solution. Well, then all of us are part of that solution. So the entire workforce needs to be brought along on this positive Here's what we're trying to do. Here's our narrative we want to change. We we want to give them the tools, the means and support as well to help support this action so that when women are coming into the workplace, they're welcomed. And I I do want to say I'm super, super happy that you're doing this. This is not easy, you know, and so I do want to recognize you for what you're doing, too, because this is just this is just one chapter in this journey. And I'm glad you started this. So thank you for what you're doing, too. Thank you, Joe and Amit, for joining us today on Talk It Forward. Um, and just thank you for being along for the journey and your your words and your support. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. Appreciate it. This has been Talk It Forward. And thank you for joining us on today's episode, where we hope to inspire more women to enter the trades and more women to enter into operations and reach for leadership. 
Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how the City of Vancouver is promoting women in the workplace, visit vancouver.ca forward slash women's equity.